Well, thank you, Amberly, for joining us for an episode of Katie Fiecast. I I'm excited that our network is expanding and we're able to get insight from sisters from all different coasts. So I know you're joining me from Northern California. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. What's the weather like over there? Um, right now I live in the inland, so it's kind of hot, like desert-like. So yeah, it's not raining or anything, but it's hot still. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I, I walked out with um, a jacket this morning. It's kind of been all over the place. But regardless, that is not what we're here to talk about. Uh, so today I'm joined by Amberly Montilla, who I will allow to briefly introduce herself, but um, is calling in and able to share a little bit about her path and various paths of where she's at today. Amberly, would you mind introducing yourself? Yes, no problem. Um, first of all, thanks for having me, and I'm just honored to have been nominated to be a part of this initiative. Um, so I am a clinical dietitian, and I currently work in correctionals with inmates. Um, I completed my dietetic internship a year ago, and I just became a registered dietitian about three months ago. So I'm fairly new. However, it's a very exciting um, career field so far. And I crossed in spring 2008 from the University of South Florida. And I'm just excited to be a part of this initiative. Awesome. And based off of what I remember, you had lived in a couple of different areas prior to moving to Cali. Is that correct? That's correct. So I lived in, um, I did my undergrad in Tampa, Florida. And then when I decided to go back to school to pursue my um, degree in nutrition, I went to University of Houston and I did my post-bachelor's there. And then after that, I did my dietetic internship, which was a distance program, which allowed me to tailor my rotations depending on my interest. And I could um, contact preceptors all across the, um, the United States. So I did a few rotations in Denver, and then I completed the rest of my rotations in um, L.A. and in Northern California. Awesome. So you've been to several institutions. Uh, the, the topic area, I guess, has been framed around nutrition, nutrition science, health sciences. Did you always know that you wanted to be in that field? Yeah, so I always knew I wanted to be um, to help people. And um, growing up in a family with nurses, I was always geared to become a nurse. And I thought that was the only option that I had to have an impact on someone's life. Um, however, I have a nerd decide about science. And um, I like the fact that nutrition allows me to still learn and um, research new things and at the same time help people with their eating habits which helps them learn new skills that will go on with them like outside of the hospital or whatever clinical setting that they're in. So fun fact is I actually work in the School of Nursing at the University of Pennsylvania so mm -hmm. a lot of the, the vocabulary and uh, the, the different topic areas seem very familiar and I'm excited to learn a little bit more since I'm still kind of new to my role. Mm -hmm. uh, so 
In the very beginning, you had mentioned that you currently work at a correctional facility. Mm -hmm. And I guess that had been in a different environment that you had previously worked in. Were there any misconceptions that you had faced about the working environment that were either dispelled or reinforced or did anything surprise you? Yeah, so the um, environment, when I pictured working in a prison, I imagined it being like in the movies, um, you know, very rough, very scary. However, in California, they have a healthcare facility specifically for inmates who have medical needs. You know, there's a lot of inmates who are doing life without parole. And so obviously, they have health issues dealing with um, just getting older. And so we provide those services for them. And this facility um, lets inmates, you know, have the freedom to walk around, um, obviously with limitations. And so they walk amongst um, everyone uh, in the prison. And then there's also units where they are on lockdown and they're on and they're in their own personal cells. And so there's still that heightened security. And um, I think a misconception is that um, all inmates are still people and, you know, they deserve respect. And so it just goes one in, you know, hand in hand, you know, you show respect to them, they'll show respect to you. And so it's, it's able to still have that patient um, provider relationship um, without being too overly friendly. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sounds like soft skills are really important in the day-to-day work that you do. Are there points in your life or like through your education where you felt like you were really able to develop or enhance it? Um, Kind of like what, what works? Yeah. So I think I really like enhanced my soft skills when I worked with the pediatric population um, at a children's hospital Um, Because I think communicating with kids can be challenging, especially when you have um, parents who kind of speak for their children's um, needs. And it's it was a juggle trying to communicate with the parents as well as tend to the child um, without overbearing or ignoring the authority at the same time. So it just goes with knowing um, what you're able to do. Um, and also uh, satisfy both parties at the same time without upsetting them. Yeah, it, it, it sounds like totally different populations from what yeah. you're describing. Right. But I guess a, a lot of it is just interacting with humans. And yeah. I, I can imagine that it takes a lot of patience and just working with people day to day and especially like it educational capacity right and I think the biggest thing is just learning empathy um, in in the inmate setting because um, a lot of providers tend to be tend to have a cold approach and just not understand that these these inmates you know have a reason why they're here and most of the times it's just due to unfortunate circumstances and you just have to realize that if they had been given a chance, they probably wouldn't be in this position. And so you kind of have to keep that in mind that I believe that no one chooses to go to prison. However, you know, there's always different reasons, but that's my, 
point of view is just to always approach every person with kindness and just show empathy and compassion. Yeah, kindness definitely matters. I have a t-shirt that says that too. (laughs) (laughs) So you're at an all-male prison. Mm -hmm. What does a typical interaction look like? I mean, of course, with keeping people's privacy in mind, and that's not necessarily um, what I'm asking for you to disclose, but what, what does uh, interaction look like when you're trying to uh, chat with them about diet and nutrition? Mm-hmm. So we, the goal is to keep the topic at hand. Um, it's a common occurrence where inmates try to manipulate the system to just um, have someone to talk to. Um, so you want to just keep in mind the scope of practice and what you're there to see them for. Um, communicating with them, you just basically have to outline why you're there, um, what you can do to help them, what is their need, and um, just you know try to talk to them um, on a professional level. Um, and it's a, it's kind of like a dance because you want them to disclose information that's helpful to you, but you don't want to open up the opportunity where they feel as though they can. Uh, manipulate you Mm -hmm. so and also there's a safety if I need to speak to a inmate in their room um, I don't go inside the room we speak to the patient um, outside by their cell door and typically if if my safety is of concern I can request um, a, a correctional officer to be present or a nurse there and also it's a lot of um um intuition you know you don't want to um have your back uh, inside, like inside the inside the door, you just want to be close to an exit, and so it's a lot of uh, to balance your safety while providing medical care and keeping conversations short without feeling like you're not, without, um, you know, discrediting the visit for the patient. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, so many factors to consider all simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you are you glad you made the shift from, I guess, a bachelor of science in nutrition into then pivoting into becoming a registered dietitian? Yes, I am so glad I made that decision because I didn't have a direction when I um, first got my bachelor's in health sciences. It was a very broad um, degree, so I could have gone into any field. Um, I was intending to go to nursing school. Um, however, I just didn't have that motivation to go through the application process and, you know, explain why I wanted to become a nurse. But I did know that I wanted to help people. And I felt like I had like an epiphany when I was doing the applications and I realized, oh, I, did, I didn't know a dietitian career was out there until I was doing my applications. So that definitely was like a light bulb. And then I was just, you know. Um, what do you say, uh, focused on from, from that point on, I didn't even look back and I just kept going. Yeah. Can you walk us through a little bit of like what that whole time period was like? I don't know. Was it short? Was it long of debating what to do next? Mm-hmm. So it took a, I was applying to nursing school for about a year waiting to hear back. And then um, you know, there's 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 different rounds and whether or not I was um, put on hold or accepted or not. And I was also working in um, a 
for a healthcare um, company as an administrative assistant. And I just didn't feel like um, that was the right route for me. And then um, I also have experience working as a, have clinical experience as a certified nurse assistant. And having that background, knowing that I didn't enjoy the, uh, I guess, the technicalities of nursing, it just wasn't my forte. Um, that all kind of, um, you know, I struggled with trying to find a stable, um, safe job that I would, that I knew I could do, but I didn't know, I, I knew I wouldn't be able to, wouldn't love it doing it every day. I could have done it, but then what's, I just weighed the benefits of would I rather just be doing something that I would want to learn about and excited to do, um, later on in the road or suffer and do a job that I'm not passionate about, which would affect my life balance and care for patients. Um, So either put my um, life trajectory on hold or just, you know, pick like security and stability now. So I just chose to, if not, if not now, then when, because I feel like if I had gone the nursing route, I eventually would have probably gotten you know, decided to go back to school anyways to become a dietitian. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like that that time I made a really good decision for myself and I realized that my future self would have appreciated it if I just went with my gut and just did what I was, you know, passionate about. And that's really good just advice generally. It's a lot to grapple with just with so many factors, potential fears, lean on specific people like who'd you chat with how'd you process through this decision making yeah so I really have a good core group of friends and sisters um who always encouraged me to do um something in nutrition um I would always just talk about it just you know and I would always be excited to talk about it and they would be like you should do something in nutrition and I didn't know dietitians was was a career field at that time um, so when I did decide to go back to school, they were completely supportive. They helped me find, you know, resources of, for people to stay with, um, you know, people to reach out to if I needed any help with finding a job. And it's even just a support system just to have people to hang out with, you know, when you go somewhere far away and you don't have people to to see. It's kind of lonely. So I really appreciated having you know my friends and sisters to lean back on when it seemed as though I was like doing it but on my own yeah yeah de- definitely use that kitty five network a- across <laughs> across uh, the globe really yeah yeah so uh, I'll begin to wrap up uh, but I'm so interested in nutrition and the work that dietitians do like on a mm-hmm personal level too I'm always on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, trying to look for videos or just different yeah. types of resources uh-huh. if I were just a person with no professional training are there places that I can go to online or do you have like general advice or resources that you'd be able to share with me Yes, actually, there are a lot of um, YouTubers of registered dietitians on YouTube who provide nutrition advice. And as long as you find someone on there who has the credentials, um, that's a really reliable source. And then also there's plenty of um, um, 
Instagram um, dietitians who provide um, resources for anyone who's looking to look, you know, the vegetarian diet or anything that they specialize in. So I do have a few. Um, I can't think of them on, on the top of my head, but as long as someone um, on any social media handle um, has a credentialed RDN, be a credible source. I wouldn't suggest um, uh, taking advice or nutrition advice from someone who doesn't have um, a license or RDN credentials just because they haven't been, they haven't gone through the 1200 hours of, um, of like experience and education to be licensed and taken the board exam um, to determine their competency. So if you were to go on YouTube and Instagram and you find someone on there that's providing um, information and has RDN credentials, then I feel like that's a reliable source for whatever it is that you're looking for. That is awesome. Um, probably going to do that later today. Currently okay. on Whole30. Don't know if that's um, going to be best for me, but I'll, I'll have to look into it and, and learn yes. a little bit more about the alphabet soup of credentials. <laughs> I definitely encourage you to research and just be educated and knowledgeable about whatever endeavor it is that you have and your you know, life and nutrition goals. But definitely having sound knowledge and advice from someone who's a professional is very um, reassuring. Yes. The the takeaway is go to a professional. Yes. Thousands of hours aren't for nothing, that's for sure. <laughs> Correct. Uh, what's, what's next for you? So I feel like I'm going to – I actually like being a clinical dietitian for inmates. You know, I've definitely learned – a lot of things that I probably wouldn't learn out in the regular world, regular in quotations, meaning non inmates. And um, definitely learning a lot of um, um, different ways to interact with this population, which I feel like would help me um, branch out into any form of, of leadership or clinicals. So I see myself doing this for a while and then hopefully branch out and get a master's in maternal and um, child health. Um, I'm very interested in the pediatric population. So I feel like long term, that's going to be my goal is to work with children and mothers and families and just deal with children, obesity, and um, just preventing those type of issues uh, for the younger generation. That is incredible. Well, I love the passion. I think young people will be in good hands down the future. It seems like you have a really true human element to how you work with your current population. Uh, With that said, I definitely thank you for your time and we'll have to scroll on Instagram to see who our RDNs are. Oh, perfect. And I can definitely send you over a list of my favorite ones. Yes, perfect. All right. Thank you so much, Amberly. Thanks so much, Helen. Thanks again so much for listening to Katie Fycast. If you like what you heard and have another sister in mind, feel free to send your nominations to recording at akdfialum.org. Again, that's recording at akdfialum.org. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.